Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So between yesterday and today, we've got back-to-back big miracles that Jesus is doing in the gospel here. He's what he's doing, right, of course, is he's forming his disciples. He's, he's trying to get them to see the world differently, right? He's trying to get them to, he's trying to alter their way of thinking. He's trying to alter their way of uh, being, their way of coping, their way of dealing and looking at the world. He's, he's trying to form them, right? So yesterday, of course, we had the, the miracle of the miraculous multiplication of the loaves. And today we've got this miracle of him walking on the water, walking towards them in the midst of this storm. And there's something very significant that's, that's uh, um, in common between both of these miracles. In both of these instance, instances, he's inviting his disciples. Well, maybe it's better to say he's leading them to get like, in touch with the far limits of their poverty, their insufficiency, that place in them where they've run out, where they're not enough, where they can't cope where they can't escape it, where they can't fix it. He's trying to get them in touch in that place, with that place where I can't, I can't work my way out of this. You're just face to face with your limitations. Anybody ever been there before? Maybe just me. Okay. Like with yesterday's miracle, right, we have 5,000 men. We don't know how many women or children. Let's assume just as many women and children. You've got 15,000 people, right? Jesus says to his, his disciples, he says, you give them some food, right? You give them some food yourselves. Now, at the gospel, we have no clue how long they scrambled and strategized after he, he said this to them. I, 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 I picture them, you know, all right, he gave us this order. Like, let's figure this. Guys, let's figure this out, right? Like, this is Jesus. He's telling us what to do. Let's try and figure this out. Let's problem solve. And they eventually get to the point where they're like, we... We got nothing. We got five loaves. We got two fish. We don't have enough. We can't do this. All we have is five loaves and two fish. And that was exactly what he wanted them to realize. That was perfect. Bring your not enough to me, right? Give me your not enough and watch what I do with it. How I turn it into more than enough, a superabundance. That was yesterday's gospel, right? But today, he sends them in the boat across the sea to Bethsaida, the Sea of Galilee, right? See, think of, think, it's better to call it like a lake. It's a big lake, the Sea of Galilee. It was evening, it says. And Jesus, from the shore, he could see a storm was brewing. He knew what they were experiencing. He knew what they were going through. So knowing that they were being swamped, knowing that they were being, you know, about to capsize, he goes out to rescue them right away, right? No. No, he does the opposite. It says he waits until the fourth watch of the night. What does that mean? Sometime between 3 and 6 a.m. The fourth watch of the night, which means he waited somewhere in the ballpark of 9 to 12 hours. He let them sit in the storm. He let them stay in it for about 9 to 12 hours, which must have felt for them like an absolute eternity. So why does he do this? Why did... God in the Old Testament, why did he let the Israelites escape Egypt after mighty signs and wonders and then finally come to the shore of the Red Sea? 
only to have the Egyptian army barrel down behind them with this wall of water in front of them, the army behind them. They must have felt terror in their bones as they realized, we can't fix this. We can't escape this. We can't make a way out of this. We are at the limit of what we are capable of. Or why did Jesus let Lazarus get sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker, refusing to come, refusing to do a miracle, until finally he dies and his body is wrapped and buried and sealed in a tomb, right? The sheer limits of human poverty, death. Why does he delay in rescuing them and coming to them on the water? It's not because he's cruel. Or it's not because he's working on more important things like, guys, I, like, you'll be fine. It's just a little bit of water. I got to work on something in Bangladesh right now, right? Like, that's not what's going on. It's not because he doesn't notice, doesn't care. He's working on more important things. He's teaching them and he's forming them. He's getting it deep into their bones. You can't save yourself. Only I can save you. And I can make a way where there is no way. Like, imagine how transformative, how, how it must have been emblazoned in the minds of the Israelites to see the Red Sea split in two. That wasn't just like a miracle. That was like, oh my gosh, we were all going to die. And he made a way where there was no way. Like, he's, his delay is in order to drain the poison what Pope Benedict called the presumption of self-sufficiency. It's one of the inherited wounds of original sin. It's this incessant can-do attitude that we all have since the fall, right? I can do this myself. I can fix this myself. I can work this out myself. I can save myself. I can perfect myself. I can take care of this myself. No, you can't. And that's okay. It's, it's more than okay. It's, it's human. It's It's that's our creatureliness. It makes us like children, right? Children who know that they can't do anything on their own. I can't open this jar. I can't tie my shoes. I can't dress myself, feed myself, fix all of this problem. I can't take care of this. Like the Lord's delay in our life, it's not his denial. It's his deliberate way of drawing, drawing the poison of self-sufficiency out of us. Like if you feel right now, like in your life, if you feel like you're being stretched to the limit in something, you are. <laughs> and not because he's cruel, not because he doesn't care, not because he doesn't notice. He's doing it so that you would learn in your bones how deeply you need him. That you would run out of backup plans. You would run out of contingencies. He's bringing you to the shore of the Red Sea so that he can cut away through it. And how good it is, how unbelievable it is, how the world changes, how our world changes when, when he does get in the boat, the boat of your life. Because that's when everything dies down. That's when everything changes. Amen.